On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we are celebrating two years in the business. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to a very special edition of the Senior Quotes Sports Podcast here at Boston College. I am your host, Aiden Broderick, joined by Jack Coleman, and we are celebrating the two-year anniversary of Senior Quotes. So, Jack, how are you feeling? Oh, happy birthday, us. We did it. We made it. We, fun fact, Senior Quotes has lasted longer than... Kim Kardashian being married to uh, Chris Humphreys. So, Facts. Yep. So that's big. You beat that one a while you ago. You beat that one a while ago. <laughs> but two years. It's, it's been a journey along this time. We lasted longer than Kawhi Leonard on the Toronto Raptors. Mm. And maybe more victories than even he had. Yeah. In our run. Well, that's it. Uh, but, yeah. So hopefully we can take a little trip down memory lane towards the end. But we thought for this special episode, Ooh. it's two years. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep it traditional tonight. Just straight up quotes. Yeah. Keep it old school. Back to the roots. You know? Yeah. Um, we also lasted longer than Antonio Brown on the Raiders mm. or Antonio Brown on the Patriots. Mm. So, yeah. There you, there go. you go. Well, I'll think of more of them throughout the show. But, yeah. So, mm. we're whenever they back, come to mind. Yeah. We'll, just we'll, we'll blur them out no matter what we're talking about. Um, but, yeah. So, we're going back to our roots here. We're uh, each going to have three quotes. And what we do on this show, or at least in these segments, which you'll get a lot of today, is that we read out a quote, we don't say who said it, we don't give any context, just read it out. Uh, well, we'll say what sport it's from, maybe. Yep. But the opponent, or the other host, has to guess who said that quote and what it is about, generally, and they can win points uh, in that way. And we'll actually compete against each other tonight and see who wins today's episode, because we're bringing it back to the original format. That's what we started at CBA, so... Shout out to the Christian Brothers Academy, our roots there. I'm wearing my digital network t-shirt. Shout out Mr. Lutz. So. And uh, I look like a pretty preppy dude, so hey, shout out. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so we are ready to get right into it. Um, You know what? I'm going to start it off today. Okay. I'm going to start off with an NFL quote. Okay. This is a tricky one, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want you to tell me who said it and what it's about. So okay. best player in the league right now. He's killing it. We had Vic here today, and he's the next thing closest to him. I mean, he's amazing. Super proud of him. Um, I'm going to say that that's Lamar. It should be about Lamar. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're talking Michael Vick, it's Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh, saying it, is it Harbaugh saying it? So, why it's tricky. Yeah, I figured that was It's the not one. a Raven. So, I'm going to give you okay. another guess. It's not a Raven saying it. little hint. I won't, I won't yeah, take yeah, any yeah. points away. Um... Who do they play this weekend? Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Who do the Ravens play? I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to look that up because I'm drawing a blank. Go for it. Um, I won't provide any input, though it was a very fun game to watch. Um, very one-sided. Why is this so hard to actually find? It was Were you Houston. with us for this game? Were you coming back? I, I was coming back. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't here for it. So it was Houston. So the Texans. Yep. Huh. Um... Maybe Deshaun Watson? Well, it's not a Texan either. The trick here is that it's the Rams talking about it because oh, in preparation it's the for upcoming the Monday Night Football, okay. right? I didn't, I, I didn't want to give you yeah, any yeah, more yeah. hints there. No, that's I I was thinking that this quote was like from pre-Sunday. Right. And that's where you And I also can't figure out why Vic was visiting the Rams. Maybe there's some kind of connection there yeah, to get them weird. fired up. I have no idea. Or maybe to game plan. But granted, like, why would he be in Houston either? Like, True. Good point. So regardless, this is Todd well, Actually, Gurley. that would have been in Baltimore and not Houston. No, but they, yeah. I, I don't know. We can maybe regardless, look yeah, into yeah. that. But it is Todd Gurley talking about Lamar oh. Jackson and okay. giving him a shout out. So this is the quote that I wanted to... Jump into the NFL MVP race yeah. conversation. Yeah, definitely. I think Lamar has become the betting odds favorite yeah. to win the award, and I want to know if you agree with that. I, all right. I I want Lamar. Obviously, I think Lamar has proven himself. He he was the one that take took down the Pats this year when mm. everyone thought they were unstoppable. Obviously, has a tough matchup against the 49ers coming up. That'll be to me the deciding game. Yeah. If he can beat the San Francisco 49ers, give him that first actual loss, 
I think he's going to take MVP. Mm. Also, right before that, he has a Monday night game. Then he uh, later against the Jets, he has a Thursday night game. Those are big time slots to they fill, are. and you're in front of a lot of eyes. So I think Lamar Jackson is going to come out firing, and he's going to lock it down and nail it. <laughs> Although, obviously Mahomes is out here. Yeah. yeah, he had an okay game, and he's been hurt too. So yeah. I think that kind of takes. I think away. it takes him out. I think Aaron Rodgers has been superb this he's year. He's in it for sure. I think that Russell Wilson is my number two, though. I agree with you. I think Russell Wilson right below Lamar. Very similar players, so that's kind of interesting, too. Both Mm -hmm. can run it. Both can throw. I think it's going to come down to the two of them. And I bring up Russ, too, because in talking about playing time, he has, I think, the next three games are primetime games as well for Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. So he's going to be in front of a lot of eyes. But I think the key game here is if Lamar Jackson can beat the 49ers, give him that first loss, he's going to take it. Oh, remember... The one team that's given the Niners a loss so far this season is Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks, which is definitely exactly a, a reason that Wilson should be in the conversation still, and he totally is. Um, I'm very torn because I love Lamar, but I really like Russell Wilson. I think if I had to guess who's going to close out better, it's going to be Russ. I, I think, think so too. Every sure. single Ravens game now, you name that there's a couple that are already in night slots, one Monday, one Thursday. He... For every other game, though, the Ravens are going to get flexed up to the Fox, like America's Game of the Week, probably, and be on the primetime there. Or they'll be the 1 o'clock game that's broadcasted nationally. I think there's no question that we're going to see each and every Ravens game on national television for the foreseeable future. Uh, because they're now becoming you know, a favorite for the Super Bowl as well. They're a team to think Ooh. about, especially when you beat the Texans by 34. So. We, we lasted longer than the hot take that Lamar Jackson would be a better receiver running back than quarterback. There you go. We Boom. did outlast that. Yeah. Um, Big stuff. And we also outlasted Josh Rosen on the Cardinals. Uh, if you think about quarterbacks in that draft class when we were analyzing that back at CBS. So, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think I'm going to say Russell Wilson wins it. But I'm rooting for Lamar. I mean, yeah, I, I, I love. I think to see it's a race that I am fine with either candidate. Yep, that's I just like how I felt with Mahomes yeah. last year too. Like he totally deserved it. He's fun to root for. Definitely. So um, I and I'm kind of annoyed that Brady keeps coming up in this conversation. He doesn't look like an but MVP he, at all. But he 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 has been coming up and yeah, he always I, will. Obviously, he always will, but it's just like I have not seen anything out of him this year that's that special. Even he tweeted or said on Instagram something that like this is a defensive-oriented team and that the offense needs to step it up. He's he's taking accountability or being whatever. He's taking yeah. responsibility um, and like you know holding himself accountable. I think I mixed up two phrases mm-hmm. there. Regardless, Brady understands that he's having a you know a tough season, honestly, and, and oh, showing that he's declining. Hell. He's literally wearing a Canada Goose oh, to games. Like, I, 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 trust I don't, don't want to hear Brady having a tough season. Well, like, like I'm saying individually. I'm not sure. saying uh, that the... Definitely. I think he's recognizing that he's not the one leading them to the wins right now. Mm-hmm. It's the defense that's playing better than, I think, and any past defense ever has, really. That's the thing for me is I don't know... Because in the past it's always been Brady saying, I can play for however long. But like, does Brady want to be carried through that time or does he want to go out being the leader of the team so that makes me think that his if that is the case where he doesn't want to be carried that his retirement is a lot closer than we originally thought. i agree um, potentially even this year i don't know if it's this year because he always his house is sold that's true i mean that is true we've talked about that before he always says that he's ready to play you know until his body just won't let him anymore i mean uh, so does lebron but i know there comes a day but i'm gonna say I'm gonna say he doesn't retire this year. I, I won't go further than that. We've we've tried to predict here and there. I might be going back on my word. I will say if the Pats win the uh, the Super Bowl, that he does go out. Yeah. But apart from that, in what I, I world really, does this Pats team even win it though? Like the, the, their the defense, defense is carries great. them, man. No, obviously their defense is great, but like I just there's so many other competitive teams with firepower this offenses and defenses yeah. that uh, while I feel like the regular season there has been its moments of fun for sure. Mm-hmm. I think this playoff series or, or playoff part of the season yeah, yeah. is going to be better than most football we've seen in the past I five years. But we kind of felt that way last year too. Like We thought there were a lot of competitors. We had Rams, Vikings, Saints, um, and Chiefs, and probably another but AFC But look at the well. quarterbacks on those teams, uh, save for Mahomes. Exactly. Look how different the quarterback 
is on the teams that are competing. You have Lamar right. Jackson as opposed to a Jared Goff. Facts. You have Mahomes still, who's obviously top of the game. Mm-hmm. You have who else is competing right now? Russ. Russ. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a product of that path system, okay. now, which That's is interesting. Fair. It's a lot different than say a, your Drew Brees, who's still, you know, He's has a chance to too, potentially yeah. be playing in in the later playoffs as well, mm-hmm. um, or even. You know, Aaron Rodgers is cool because it's like a comeback story for him after Facts. last yeah. year. So I think it's a bit it's a bit different at the quarterback position for the playoffs this year, and it's something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, what I want to see, something similar, is I just don't want to see these regular season heroes fall apart in the playoffs because before the playoffs last year, we were looking at Jared Goff in a similar way that we now look at Mahomes. We weren't saying this guy's the MVP, but... I remember us hyping up the Rams-Chiefs game thinking it was going to be a shootout, and it was. It was awesome. I think it was like 45-42. Remember that in the uh, Super Bowl, the Rams scored three points. Yeah. So I just don't want to see that happen. That, again, that was the worst is props to the Pats defense. So, so I agree bad. with you. It was terrible. Such a bad Super Bowl. But regardless, um, I feel like we've done this on almost every episode, but if you want to throw a Super Bowl prediction now that we're like three quarters into the season... Uh, I'm going to say, on my side, that I really think the Ravens are going to win it all. I I, I, I think they could, too. Their defense is electric. It, it, yeah, and they have, I, I'm torn, but them or the Packers, I think, for me, are well, the Well, that's what I was going to say, is I think it might be Ravens-Packers on my yeah, side. Yeah, uh, me too. I think the Niners' defense could carry like them there. Too. Yeah. And it would be a rematch of the uh, Harbaugh yeah. <laughs> that we had a couple no, of years ago. That would be awesome. <laughs> but I, I, I just don't think Garoppolo... I think Garoppolo is going to have a Goff-like playoffs oh, if you I know if that. the Niners make no, it. I can wrong. definitely see that. He has been kind of hurting his team at times. He he had a clutch touchdown to end the game this week and beat the Cardinals, but that's the Cardinals. They're not making the playoffs. So I, I'm torn on Garoppolo. I'm not really sure how I feel about him leading a playoff team, but they're going to make it and they're going to win a game. I think. Uh, I I'm going to say I'm going to lock in Ravens over Packers. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to go Packers over Ravens. But okay. again, I think those are the two. I think to finish this off, this segment off, though, a lot of times in the media nowadays, we're seeing these black quarterbacks taking the helm. Yeah. Obviously, it's shifting from that Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Manning, Brady era. And it's switching to the Lamars, Mahomes, these black quarterbacks where they normally awesome. haven't been represented in that position. You obviously, you have your cams and everything else who started the trend, but now it's the black quarterback taking advantage okay. of it. And I think it's important to remember that we shouldn't, it, it isn't necessarily that these black quarterbacks are like freaks of nature in their positions. Mm-mm. I think it's because we're also seeing it with white quarterbacks now, too. I think the position on the whole has changed. Mm. So it's easy to isolate in, in these type of discussions, but lo- like look at Josh Allen who can also run in his mobile and pulls out moves similar to even Lamar Jackson at times. Lamar is a- above and beyond, but uh-huh. similar stuff. You have Daniel Jones even on the Giants who was able to whip out a run. For sure. So I think it's important to keep those guys in mind and hmm. as we look at this changing quarterback role. I think there's just so many dual threat quarterbacks coming out of college yeah. now. And the you have NFL to is finally being smart, and some teams are actually implementing that strategy, and we're seeing why it can work. Because, obviously, when you're in college, you're going up against guys your age that aren't you know, fully developed athletes. They're not the best defenders in the, you know, in the world. And it's easier to run around them and you know, run circles when you're Lamar Jackson. Uh, in the NFL, you're facing world-class athletes and guys that you know, can injure you if you're RG3 and take one bad hit when you're scrambling. So there's a reason teams are afraid of it, but I think Lamar is going to bring the scrambling quarterback, you know, into the NFL once again. And I think that's really good news for Jalen Hurts, who I think would be a really interesting dual threat quarterback, probably going to be a second or third round pick. I mean, we'll get, we'll dive deep in the NFL draft when that time comes. Even but then, the Tua now getting injured and he's out. He's, that's he the could problem. potentially even slide down but too. Tua, I think because of the Tua injury, Hurts may be sliding up a bit. That's true. Yeah, Tua is weird. Tua, someone said it could be career ending. Someone else said, you know, it might move into the NFL season if he does get drafted. I'm thinking there's a chance he doesn't declare this year and he wants to show he can play a full season, but if he stays in college, he could get hurt again. But you know, think about this. So injury prone. Why is he still in the game 35-7 to seven, and Saban still has him in? It, that decision's always me questioned. Did you hear Saban's, like, 
his halftime. I mean, his halftime excuse, I'll say, which didn't really feel like a very valid one, was that he wanted to give Tua a two-minute drill practice, and people said he's done that so many times. Yeah, Why does two he minutes, two-minute drill to get injured and stay at yeah. Bama one more year sounds yeah. more like it. Smart. But moving on, I'm gonna also stick with NFL for this quote too. Okay. <clears throat> this is not my quote. <laughs> that was homework. Okay. <laughs> Blank made a mistake the way he handled all this. If he really wants a job in the NFL, period. Well, now, the, fill in the blank, and then this is a personality saying. I think I know exactly who the personality is. Perfect. Because I was looking for a quote from him, too, about this topic. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm right. I could also get this totally wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I believe this is the one and only Stephen A. Smith yes. talking about Colin Kaepernick. Yes. And I'm a huge Stephen A. Smith guy, but I... I've come around on him, by the way. <laughs> I did not like him last year. Dude, I'm a Steve big a. fan of him. I know you love are. Steve I'm just a. saying. But I don't I feel like I've said that yet. I completely disagree Ooh. with his stance on Kaepernick. Okay. I think that what Colin Kaepernick did in his orchestrating of his practice was ideal. Because the NFL tried to come in, be a Mr. Nice Guy, give him the, the opportunity to show his talents in front of the league, hmm. and make it seem like everything was all nice and good after essentially, in some people viewed it as blackballing him. Hmm. Now, uh, Stephen A is the first person to, you know, stand up for you know, blacks in sports and, and all these other things. But all of a sudden, he comes down on it now. Hmm. I don't understand hmm. it. To me, no. To me, I see this as everyone condemns Colin Kaepernick as you know only being about the money and not about the cause and everything like that. Okay. I think if he were to do the NFL practice, that would prove that point. Ooh. No, he came out there, showed his stuff, and wanted to make sure everyone could see. And also, he, this is wearing, showing up wearing a King Kunta shirt um, and proving, like, listen, I am about this cause. I'm not going to let a league bully me just so I can play. I'm standing here still standing up for what I believe in and doing it my way. I think that's the perfect reaction to have. If he was any, this gave him so much more credit to me. Before, I could have easily agreed with people thinking it was about the money or about the publicity and all that. Mm. No, this makes it seem way more genuine to me. Okay, so... Uh, okay. I'm torn as well, because when I read through all of Stephen A. Smith's tweets at Eric Reed, mm-hmm. I was on Stephen A. Smith's side. I've just never been a big Eric Reed fan. He's, in my opinion, almost more extreme than Kaepernick is sometimes. Yeah. And while... I mean, the problem here at least in this discussion, was that Eric Reed was kind of attacking the NFL as he always does. And Steve A's response was, you're the one collecting checks, you know, from that organization if you're really <laughs> against the NFL. And no, 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 I, I agree. Like, you want to get paid as well. I, I get that. But it was kind of hypocritical how he phrased it. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to quote it wrong. But my thing about Steve A, he's trying to say... It's tough. He's not obviously going against any of the protesting that Kaepernick's done in the past. You know, they are all on the same side here. Like you said, he always stands up for, you know, this... I, I, I don't really... It's tough to phrase. It's tough to dance yeah. around. But basically, he has no problem with protesting racial oppression and here and there. But I think he just wants to see that Kaepernick really does want to play in the NFL. Is he doing this for a publicity stunt? Like yeah. you were kind of saying. And I get his skepticism. You know, like I, I think that's fine too. Like I, I see that point. But to me, I think this is just the hot take industrial complex of Stephen A, where it comes to a point where not everything needs to be a hot take, and that this is what I think Stephen A's formulation of a hot take around this topic huh. was. Mm. And also, it's hypocritical to say that Eric Reed is getting his checks from the NFL because Stephen A essentially is doing the same thing. His check through ESPN is essentially being paid by NFL rights and coverage over the NFL. Eh. It all goes through uh, that same process. It's it really the media, and you could say in a way that he's getting paid by the people who are creating these storylines around Kaepernick when no one really knows his motive. I would take that. I won't say that he's directly getting paid by the NFL. That's a little I mean, different. it's indirectly, but he definitely is. I, I know what you mean. But regardless, I think you also are right in that it is a hot take machine <laughs> that ESPN is. and Industrial complex. Well, no, but I'm saying I'm, that I'm they fed. pump out yeah. hot takes like here and there. Exactly. About and everything. sometimes I just think it goes too far. It does. But here's the thing. First take was not going without talking about this Obviously. problem, right? 
But imagine if Stephen A was saying, you know, I won't go against Kaepernick. And then you want Max Kellerman to make, you know, it could exactly. turn into a racial issue. Exactly. Where it, he would be I think attacking it was, Kaepernick. I think it was, He's the one that defended him. So I thought it was, was it Max? I thought it was Will Kane that did it. No, me. I heard Max okay. also shut down but Stephen again, A's But again, that's the problem of ESPN is that... Of course, that's the way they set it up. Right. They probably it brought them in up. and were like, listen, like, we know the two sides of this issue. We're going to give one to Stephen A., which makes it well. I think they more. might do it every day. It feels more yeah. like, uh, what What do you call it? Like, debate club or what, yeah. what would you call it in high school? Uh, whatever it know. is. Um, where you just are handed a topic and say, you're defending it and you're yeah, attacking exactly. it. exactly. That could be what first take has always been. It might yeah. be. You know? but, but that's the thing is that, like, this, it comes to a point where there's some issues that shouldn't be talked about that way because then it puts yeah. things that mean a lot in a very negative spotlight. Sure. So that's why I had a problem with this issue, especially from a guy like Stephen A., who publicly supports so many other positions that of Look, speaking your mind and, and doing the right thing. Yeah, he's, he's defending his points, though, outside of the show, which makes me think this was truly how Stephen A., felt about this topic and I know he was quoted saying that Kaepernick wants to be a martyr and things of that nature and I can't say I totally disagree you know I don't don't necessarily totally disagree I mean Stephen A. Smith said if he really wants the NFL job which yeah if you at the end of the day if you really want the NFL job you're gonna do what they say and do everything but to me that takes a knock at Kaepernick's credibility in doing everything he did by just going through with it and doing Everything the, the right proper way and going back on his laurels of, he of what he what he took a knee for in the first place. But that's the reason he and, and this even sounds bad. But that's the reason he got quote unquote blackballed from the league in the first place Fair. as well is because he does he will never be easy about anything. He's always I agree. difficult. I and agree. The the real argument here is for teams because obviously he looked good. He looked good enough to play. Yeah, yeah. At least to be he's, a backup. He always, he's always had the arm, yeah. especially for a backup. I don't think he's ever been the most accurate, and I don't no. think he could start right now. I don't think he should. Well, there's some. There places. are teams, but he'll never even learn the playbook by yeah. the end of the season. But, so, but still, he should regardless. at least be a backup quarterback yeah. in this league. Yeah. The real question is which teams are willing to go through with this in order to get him and attain him and put up with the bad press that accompanies him. Do you have any ideas? I, the Bears, for one. I think the Bears okay. should definitely do this. Yeah. Um, I, considering they made no moves before the trade deadline, considering Mitch Trubisky was benched this week. Uh, it needs to be the Bears. Something weird. Uh, someone told me, and they could have been completely joking, uh, or I guess they heard from their friend who could have been completely joking, was that the Jets had made a commitment to Kaepernick. But obviously nothing's happened since. Honestly, I'm all right with that. Ever since the Darnold seeing ghost things, I've been very afraid of Sam Darnold as my I think since he's seen ghosts, he's looked yeah. good. I think after no, that moment, not after the past game, he, the week after he also had an awful game. Well, I all I can remember is the Giants where he dotted us up, and then he had I, a great I, four touchdown game yeah, on Sunday. True. So he's looked good in the Sunday? last two weeks. Um, let me check that. Uh, probably the Redskins. I mean, two teams that are not great. Redskins have been bad all year. Giants have been bad all year. Giants so, have been yes, bad all year. That's true. Uh, but like Sam Darnold at his position should kind of be doing that. I mean, at least he is. And even that the Giants still got. Hope, and even you know? the Giants game ended up being kind of close. So in the Dolphins game, he was two sixty for one touchdown, one interception. So yeah. the last three games, he's been, I'd say, above average. Uh, or, or considering the teams he played against, I'll say he's been average. But even the Jets, Kaepernick as a backup, like that's very yeah. solid. No, I agree. considering Darnold has you know been out with some sickness and stuff, and yeah, uh, that, no, that's true. That is so. true. I, I mean, as a whole. Darnold is still a project, and his numbers do not look very bad, in my opinion. In fact, they're decent. You know, he's showing improvement from last year, which is something you want to see. Mm-hmm. What I would say is the Jets have a terrible system. And it, remember, we, we they've ha- they have a new coach in, in Adam Gase now, and that's going to be difficult for any young quarterback to immediately adjust to a new system. I don't know how they're not getting rid of him either. Well, and they probably will. And they that's said they're gonna, committed to him. Oh, good, honestly. Like, even case. after this season. Yeah, good for... No, honestly, that's Ugh. fine because I think Darnold would probably rather that than have to learn a third offense in three years. That would pretty much kill any chances of him, you know, living up to his potential. But uh, long story short, <laughs> we went all over the place. But yeah, I can see Kaepernick fitting with the Jets. I think you're right. The Bears would be a top fit. Um, but even still, I can't see a Kaepernick signing changing... The Bears season this year, 
And would it even be their best bet next year? Why, why would they not draft Jalen Hurts in the second round with their with the first pick that they have? I couldn't tell you. Exactly. I mean, there's Ryan Pace. You know, we hear Dan rant about him every single day. So not the best leadership there in Chicago. But All right. regardless, let's move to my next quote. <clears throat> Quickly, we're going to talk about the MLB. Okay. I think there's really only one topic going on in there oh, right now. Yeah. But I'm going to read it regardless. Okay. Um, so who said it? Who's it? What's, what's it about? Mm-hmm. Any allegations that relate to a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter. It relates to the integrity of the sport. Uh, yeah, so this is the uh, Houston Astros using Stein stealing. And what's the name of the... I always forget his name. The commissioner dude. Mm-hmm. Manfred? Yep, Rob, Rob Manfred. Ma- Rob Manfred, yeah. Yep. Uh, and yes, you're 100% right. This is about the Houston Asterix, as I'm going to call them. Shout out to... Hubs over at Barstool for making those yeah, shirts. I'm a fan uh, of yeah, the Houston Asterix uh, stealing signs using cameras around the stadium and a technology setup in their you know clubhouse right up the or right down the stairs in the dugout. Uh, yeah, this is not good um, and it's very serious too. So for three years now, the Astros have been apparently cheating by. Learning the signs of pitchers and catchers, using cameras to see what the catcher is signaling, and then making sounds from their dugout to signal to the hitter whether it's going to be a fastball, an off-speed, or a changeup. And that's why we've seen and heard, thanks to John Boy on Twitter, he's had a crazy blow-up uh, in the regular season for analyzing videos like this, but now especially as one of the main journalists kind of cracking down on this as a Twitter personality is pretty crazy. Anyway, not to get too off track, he's shown videos where they will slam their bat against the dugout once or twice to signal if it's a fastball or a changeup. And because of that, we've seen guys like Bregman just sit on slower pitches and as if he just knows what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> as if it's magic, but it's really cheating. And I'm honestly kind of surprised no one picked up on it earlier. Like, I, agree. I feel like teams should have for, if it was going on for three years. Well, Dan, I believe, is the one that told me this. Apparently, the Nationals were game planning for Stein stealing, going into just the playoffs as a whole. Um, I think they had heard accusations maybe at a National League team that we're not hearing about now, yeah. or they knew that the Astros might do it. But throughout the postseason, they gave basically like the QB uh, wristbands to their catchers, and they wrote the different signals to give for every single pitcher. Mm. So instead of having team-wide yeah. uh, signals that can easily be read... The Astros would have had to know but still. pretty much 12 times the amounts of signs. And because of that, we didn't see the Astros hit nearly as well as they like, did. But even so, like, that's th- that's this year. Like, I feel like it should have no, been I, caught I, on I agree with you. beforehand. I'm not, I'm not, like, regardless end of the day, it should not be happening. And it's not at all. absolutely annoying that it has been, especially when our team, the Yankees, had been going up against them. Twice out of three years. Twice in yeah. three years. And we could have easily been World Series at Potential winners slash contenders. Twice. Twice. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, yeah, as you said, very frustrating. Um, Obviously, we have our own issues with some pitching and stuff. But, right. But, you know, regardless, yeah. the Chapman home run, or the, I guess, was it Bregman? I'm try- I've am i already tried to forget. It might have been Correa, Altuve. I think it was Altuve. Uh, the walk-off home run that sent them to the World Altuve. Series. I think it was Altuve yeah. as well. was off of Chapman, and he threw a slider, and he hung it. But everyone was saying, why was Altuve sitting back on the slider? Even if it was poorly located, he should have been way in front of it, expecting a fastball to strike him out. How did he know? And they said that this is one of those pitches where the Astros were signaling and Altuve just knew what was coming. So it's very frustrating that this has been present and we've he- we're have we hearing from former Astros pitchers that are uh, you know admitting to this or confessing. We've even had an email, I think, intercepted from an executive explaining, you know, the idea before they put it in place in 2017. The stat that is crazy, and this is what I'll leave this topic with, is that the Astros' strikeout rate in 2015-2016, I think they were both last or second to last, or second worst, rather, in the entire MLB or in the AL. I don't have it in front of me. But I do know that starting in 2017, they've been top of the... American League, maybe top of the entire MLB in both in strikeouts, maybe walks as well, but definitely strikeout rate. It was a drastic like 8% change or something that happened over the course of a year. And they had a very talented team for sure, 
but they had a lot of the same players in 2016 that they did in 2017, and people just said, oh, this is the Astros' awesome development system, you know, bringing these guys up to stardom, and they finally hit their potentials, and that, I think that's one reason why no one expected anything, or suspected, rather, in 2017. Two years later, though, when this same thing has been happening again and again, it makes sense now that people come out about it, we see videos analyzing it, mm. and realize that this has been going on, and it is very frustrating that it has been, you know, yeah, I mean, present. Yeah. My, my whole take on it is like ratings for baseball have been declining, obviously. Like, it has not been doing well compared to the NFL, compared to the NBA, all these other sports. Yeah. And you throw this out there where the premise of some of these World Series champions have been cheating the entire time. Yeah. And even fans of baseball that aren't hearing the whole picture but are hearing that sign stealing has been going on, that's such a turnoff for them to be mm. paying attention to a league where this is occurring. It is bad news for the MLB that this is happening right now. Uh, yeah. And the Astros need to be severely punished for it. I agree with that. And I think that's really what I was going for with this quote, is that we're going to see a punishment that we've never really seen before. We could see a World Series ring stripped you I, know, in I 2017. I don't think we will. Or at least an asterisk will be put next to it. You yeah. know, this is going to be it remembered. It definitely could be. Because that's... You know, I definitely think at the least, like draft picks and stuff like that will be. I taken. think a huge fine. I think we could see AJ Hinch suspended for a year. You know, these are just a lot of speculated punishments, and we may see a combination of all of them. But I honestly want to see their World Series stripped, and this is biased a little bit. And I understand that we're not going to see the Yankees play the Dodgers to know who would have won it. You know, if the Astros had not been cheating, but I just don't think they deserve to be put in the record books as World Series champions if they had this unfair advantage. So, yeah, I, I don't agree. know. It, it's I tough. agree, but I just don't necessarily see it happening. I think it's very extreme, but who knows? It could. It very well could. Yeah. Um, uh, moving uh, on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, before your quote. I saw that. Too. Breaking news. I'll just give a shout-out real quick. That the newest college football playoff rankings have been revealed and they're staying the same <laughs> as they were last yeah. week, where LSU is in first, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, and Georgia remains ahead of Alabama at number four. So that would be your college I'm, football uh, playoff. I'm smelling an Ohio State-Clemson. In the in, championship? In the championship matchup. I, I would like to see Burrow face Justin Fields and get a little I like to see Ohio it, too. I, I think Ohio State is crazy good, though. Well, that would not That would be... Wait. It wait, could... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. It still would be... It, it could happen, right. right. You're just yeah. saying. Hold on, I'm kind of. This is based on this now. As of right now, Ohio State's the two and Clemson's the three, so that could yeah. be the championship. Mm-hmm. But I mean, seeds could change. Yeah, and that could be a good prediction for sure. But um, as of right now, you'd see that matchup in the first round. Yeah, which would be interesting. Anyway, on to your second quote. Yeah, I'm switching over to the NBA. Okay. Uh, so here we go. Uh, both of these quotes are somewhat similar. Okay. Blank is plotting to take another run at blank, even if it takes Phil Jackson-type money. Oh, oh, wait, ooh. Um, it's about the Knicks. Yep. Frank Isola with the... <laughs> okay, quote. shout out Frank Isola. Yeah. It's about the Knicks, and I'm going to say... Uh, I think I, I think it's about Masai Ujiri. Yeah, but who's the, first, who's the first blank? Oh, Dolan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I so, yeah. I, speaking of Stephen A., I think I need a rant on this. Oh, right. You were you were hyping this I up last week. Up. We weren't able to get into the studio. I, we both were super busy. Yeah. So, I'm going to, you know, the floor is yours. I'm going to hand it over to you. Let's give you maybe three minutes on the clock. Where, where as last time we talked Stephen A., I completely disagreed. I completely agree mm. with his own rant on this topic. David Fisdale is on a four-year contract worth $22 million. And every single time the Knicks want to bring in a new coach or new something, the minute something starts not working, Mm. it's fire, hire a new guy with a big name, and sign him to the same amount of money, this crazy lucrative deal, and we're just wasting money after money after money. (laughs) I don't... I I just... Yes, Masai Ujiri would be a potential answer. I think he could Phil Jackson was a potential answer too back in the day. I mean, anything before that was related to the Bulls, and Phil Jackson, to me, was one of the greats in basketball lore. Lakers and, as well. And the Lakers, yes. But his run with the Knicks, of course, was awful. Apparently, <laughs> this team is supposed to be highly competitive. That, that <laughs> when, when has this team ever 
been highly competitive. Even when it was stat and mellow, that was mediocrity at its finest. That mm. was that was the most competitive I've ever seen. Mm. And that was a first or second round out in the playoffs. What about this team is highly competitive? You you just drafted RJ Barrett, who couldn't even get through with Duke to the anywhere near the final four in college basketball. That's not a highly competitive athlete. Granted, he's had a fairly good rookie year, and I think he's up there, I believe right now, just below Ja for rookie of the year odds, Mm. and right above Zion, who hasn't played a single game yet. Dennis Smith Jr., who we traded for in the Porzingis trade, yes, Porzingis hasn't looked great this year. He still had some good plays against us. We beat the Mavs both times, though. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is not highly competitive. Um... (laughs) Who else? Who who else is here? Julius Randle. He had a good name game the other night. Yeah. Julius Randle is a rising star for sure. Yeah. He's not highly competitive. Nah. Bobby Portis. No. He's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> That's about it. Taj Gibson. When was Taj Gibson ever highly competitive? <laughs> Marcus Morris. He was good. That buzzer beater was dope. He's good for sure. Yeah. But all of these guys together are not forming a highly competitive team. This is a team of mediocrity at its finest. That's a band-aid to a horrible solution. Mm. Or a band-aid to a horrible problem. And that problem is James Dolan. James Dolan has kicked fans out. He's kicked Charles Oakley out. He's Mm. kicked everyone that's meant anything to the Knicks out of this organization. And I can't stand it anymore. You know why the Rangers have had such a better time with him as an owner because he doesn't get involved yeah. he doesn't think he, he he knows he doesn't know hockey yeah. well it's time for him to admit that he doesn't know basketball either and just get out let the team be handled by the people that know what they're doing this dude is awful i don't even care if he owns the team i really don't make your money that's fine by yeah. me but let the people who know what they're doing do this man it's it's an absolute shame so. And and you're <laughs> screwing over David Fisdale too. What does that tell him? Yeah, that's facts. When when you're saying this about him, and then the next night he has to go out there and coach, and people have to co- play under him, and we have this pop up press conference for no reason. What's that say to future coach prospects if they future coach future coach prospects should stay the hell away? <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want to come here and coach, nah, unless you're Rick Pitino. <laughs> <laughs> like, who wants to come here? Who? Know, man. I, I mean, the Masai Ujiri. This is the problem. Him being brought in apparently is a move to get Giannis. Oh, right. That's right. That's That's what it is? It's not even about building up a strong enough team. It's about Giannis, who we probably aren't even remotely going to get, Mm. who's most likely, I think, going to stay with the Bucs. Are you kidding me? That's the reason why we make this move? No, we make this move because we need someone who knows what they're doing to take control of this goddamn organization. Oh, so it's so hard. <laughs> it's so, so so hard. I'm I'm gonna give my two cents. Um, in that I think uh, before you said the Giannis thing, because I, I think that's stupid. I uh, agree. But but I think if Dolan gave Masai Ujiri the keys to the team and took a step back, complete keys, and said this is your team. You are the president. You're you're in that Phil Jackson role, except you don't have the triangle offense for once. And you just said, build your team. You know, do what you did in Toronto. I think that would be a godsend to the Knicks. But I agree with you that this feels like Phil Jackson 2.0. The difference is that Ujiri has proved he can win in the modern NBA. Phil Jackson did not prove it. I I definitely think that this is... just had Kobe. This is is the right move. This is the best thing Dolan has ever suggested. In the past, maybe since yeah. me being a fan. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that it Ujiri's doesn't mean it's work. It doesn't mean it's going to work. Uh, though I do know. I don't think you should condemn David Fisdale throughout no, this because I actually like David Fisdale. I, people I think he is a good made, coach. People said he's made some questionable decisions on the court this For year. Sure. Uh, but he I has. Mean, but I like him in terms of New York culture yeah, and what he can bring to the team. Guy. I think that's all you can ask for right now. So, long story short, I think. Ujiri has brought in a star in Kawhi Leonard and won a championship with him. And maybe he can reel in Giannis, but that was via trade. And I don't see the Bucks ever trading Giannis unless he decides to listen to his uncle, like Kawhi listen to his people and say that he was hurt and sit out an entire year and screw his career only to return to a new team and win a championship there, blah, blah, blah. Remember how much we hated Kawhi during that Spurs run, by the way. That was during the first year of senior quotes. Regardless, I don't see that happening. 
I do think the Knicks could be a player for Giannis. However, that is exactly the problem with the last 10 Knicks off-seasons. It's getting their hopes up about one specific free agent, only to miss out on that, and what do you have? It's like Dolan never sets a plan B. So I would say you go for Ujiri, and you say build your team. We can go for Giannis in two years, but that shouldn't be you know the be-all, end-all. You should build your team, build that core that you had in Toronto, find that Pascal Siakam somewhere. You know, I, He knows how to scout these players and turn these raw prospects into gems. So I think that's exactly the path that the Knicks should take. But they should be building around R.J. Barrett. They should not be building around a future potential signing that most likely will not end up happening, which is something we've seen a couple times oh. in years past. So I mean, hey, I... I don't even know. <laughs> I like best case scenario is we do poorly enough to get screwed over in the draft and just miss Cole Anthony, or maybe we get him. I would love Cole Anthony. I think you might. I think Cole Anthony is the guy that would work perfectly well, for our team. This is a draft class where you're not shooting for one player in mm-hmm. Zion. The Knicks fans are not going to get their hopes up like they did to get me, one specific player. I, I want Lamelo or Cole Anthony. But what about James Wiseman? What about there are I'm, so many I, names? That's the know? thing though. Like the point guard position is much more needed than our center. Okay, I think, right. I think true. Mitchell Robinson. Like yes, he's still Wiseman young. Robinson would be a, a deadly for duo. sure. It, it would. You be. have offense, defense. Though. But I think Cole Anthony is. I honestly, my player comp for Cole Anthony has been Russell Westbrook. You have said that. I think yep. he's electric. He's powerful. He can shoot the ball. He is explosive. He can play in the NBA. I over the summer I watched him play against active players, and he played against Melo too, uh, who's actually playing tonight. But huh. we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm looking at a mock draft right now that has Wiseman going number one to the Knicks, but they're saying. There's four players, because we're forgetting about Anthony Edwards, who's at Georgia right now, who was one of the number one recruits, or, or top recruits, rather, uh, in this 2020 class, or I guess, is it 2019? Whatever How it is. How many picks do we have? I feel like 2023 is what I meant. Anyway, uh, the Knicks definitely have their number one pick, which is all that really matters. But they just need to be in the top four, and I think they will get a player. Anthony Edwards is another wing. They don't need another wing. But maybe since he's only 6'5", we could see a tall point guard there between either him or RJ. Regardless, if you get Cole Anthony, if you get LaMelo running the point, or if you get James Wiseman, there's uh, yeah, there are so many players oh, that So the year you after want to build is our two first-rounder draft. Okay. What's that second first-rounder? Uh, it's the Mavs one from the Porzingis mm. trade. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's possible that two, someone gets hurt, you know, and they, no. they struggle. But. We have a first and second this year. Okay. I mean, another name that we haven't heard yet is, and I'm going to probably mess up pronouncing this, but it's Denny Avdia, who's a European guy, six foot nine, small forward, who's being compared not really to Luca, but to the next EuroLeague star. He's only 18 years old. There's RJ Hampson as well, but he's not even in the top five, and that's what I'm saying. I think this is a very deep draft class. Scotty Lewis. Scotty Lewis, Brian Antoine, maybe. Antoine's probably going to stay you think? another year. Uh, Nova, Nova kids do stay. Yeah. Well, he's also, I thought he was injured this year. Uh, You'd know better I, than I don't me. think he played at all. Um, but yeah, ideally, my pick for the Knicks is Cole Anthony. I, I think he's a New York kid. I think we need point guard position over anything. While Wiseman is exciting, there's a chance we also don't get to see a lot of him play this year. Mm. Because of issues going on. I think Cole Anthony coming out of UNC, that's like a guaranteed safe bet. It's a safe bet. It's an electric bet because he looks good. It it needs to be the pick, and ugh, I can't take it. I can't take the. I want to <laughs> stop talking about this. Let's stop talking about it. Though I do see Scotty Lewis here, at number sixteen to the Hawks awful. in the uh, God mock draft. I actually would like him going there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, right. Your last quote. My last quote. That's right. Okay, this is a fun one actually. All right, it NBA. <laughs> NBA. It's a player, and. To specify, this story came out nine hours ago. So, that just just have that in mind. Mm-hmm. I know I can play, and I th- would think my reputation is still solid. It's baffling to me. Mm. So this is tricky because now I'm just going to clarify for you because this is a tough one. Clarifying that the person saying this is not Carmelo Anthony because Carmelo Anthony 
had signed a deal before today with the Trailblazers. Exciting. He's wearing double zero. So, oh, I know who it is. It's Jamal Crawford. Boom. About? About? Just playing? Just he he hasn't signed. been signed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. That would have been a close one, but I think I just saw that post like a couple hours yeah, ago. Yeah. So, yeah. any thoughts about that? I mean, he scored yeah, nearly I mean, 20K points in his career. It's Jay Crossover, man. He dropped 51 points for the Suns last year. Yeah. I... I actually don't understand that. He's old, for sure. It's almost like yeah. that um, that situation in for 2K fans out there where, like, all of a sudden you see, like, an old head name that should be playing that's, like, on uh, f- the free agent rosters yeah. just because, like, you've picked up so many, like, personal favorites slash, yeah. like, given young guys a chance. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, like, I should have him in my league. Right. And, like, he's just not. That's what this is. Jamal Crawford should be playing. Like, he's obviously still very talented, putting that much up last year. I mean, yeah, he's he's 39, but he says he's been working hard and, you know, preparing as if he's on a team. And he, I mean, these are crazy stats. He's obviously the oldest player in NBA history with a 50-point game. In fact, that, that performance made him the only player ever to have 50 points with four different teams. That's pretty cool. That's wild. He's a three-time six-man-of-the-year winner. He knows how to come off the bench. It's not like he's asking to be a starter. This guy just wants to play, and I think there's a lot of teams that could just use wing depth. This guy is good on defense. He's Send great him to the Knicks, scoring. bro. I'll take him for a year. I would say, and he'd probably take that, obviously, but I'm thinking more... Not the Lakers anymore, because we've seen Danny Green, who yeah. obviously had that dunk, Dude, and then the, uh, that was the awesome. drug test after. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of that as a quote, maybe, but um, I, there are teams that would use him. The Bucks, maybe? Maybe the Rockets? Bucks would be you cool. Know, Rockets that, would be good. Exactly. I think Rockets is a maybe even fit. been there before. Uh, so there's a lot of teams that could just use Jay Crossover. Timberwolves could always use Timberwolves it. Timberwolves could totally. So there's a lot of teams that, you know... Could totally bring. Maybe the Clippers bring him back. You know, maybe the Blazers mm. even bring him back. They still have a roster spot because I can't really think of their backup guards. You know, they the obviously Raptors need to, even like, the Raptors. Sure. You so you can There's do spots so many for teams. Him. He needs yeah. to be playing somewhere. Yeah, that's a shame. Six foot five, obviously thirty nine years old, but the dude can still play shooting guard and can still score as we said. So I do think it's not even a hot take. Just my take of the day is Jamal Crawford needs to be playing basketball somewhere. Hopefully we see that soon. All right. My last quote. Uh, say who said it and what it's about. A number greater than any assignable quantity or countable number. Kind of hard. Say it again. A number greater than any assignable quantity or countable number. Ah, just a total guess. Yeah. But I think it might be mellow about picking double zero. Yeah. <laughs> Does he think it's like infinity? He thinks it's infinity. Oh my god! But that's dope. This, this gives me a little partial fun as a Knicks fan. But Melo's back in a big he's way. He's back. I think my favorite thing about his so he's starting tonight. He's starting tonight, which is awesome. Even better than him playing. Yeah, he's expected to play twenty minutes, but who knows? I played more. And I want him to come out lights out tonight. Like mm. I actually really wish I had the chance to sit down and watch this entire game. Yeah, but. First of all, he thinks it's infinity, which is kind of funny. That's so funny. It's a new start. He's no longer stay me seven zero. He's stay me Mel double O. Stay me- ooh stay um, me- oh. But the, the best part about his post, he he posted saying that he was going to be double O and listed the reasons why double O seven. Double O seven. Ooh. Best part about that. So now we're getting yeah. lights out. Spy killer. Mellow. Hopefully he wears a hoodie for warm-ups. Like, I would love that. Hoodie May 007. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, overall, I'm pretty happy. I think he brings some forward depth to the Trailblazers. They're sitting with only, I think the record's 5-9 and nine right now. Yeah. Um, well, they're like the Nets in the West where yeah, they're struggling just, with injuries and putting it they, together. McCollum's very cold right now. But still, McCollum, Damian Lillard, you'd think they'd be able to put together a couple more wins than that. Hopefully Melo can bring them up to that next level. Maybe it's what they've been missing. It's just a forward who can score. I'm, I'm just so excited to gradually see Melo think he's the guy of oh. the team. Because right now, you know coming in, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. Right. I just want to play. Whatever, like I don't need to be the guy, and then well, like have, gradually, like, a forty point game, and you'll then have like, one forty yeah, point game, and then like, start. The, the team runs through me. <laughs> start shucking. You're oh, gonna see, man. you know, like the the, the uh, it's Dame time. Yeah, when like Dame gets that last shot, it's all of a sudden that shot is nowhere it's near Dame. It's gonna be mellow, just like 
ball hogging and oh, chucking it man. up. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good to be back, Mello. It is I'm happy so to be back. good to be back. We'll see. I- I'm rooting for the uh, Blazers. I like them a lot, and it- it'll be good to see Lillard maybe win a playoff series for once or go far because he they did well last year with a buzzer beater that we've seen all over and like the yeah. this is the NBA or this what- so whatever good. that commercial is called. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Welcome back. Carmelo? Yeah. Uh, I feel like we haven't talked about him in two years, basically. So, uh, yeah. it's been a minute. So, so, we outlasted talking about Melo. Yeah, really. And so that's probably the best way to kind of close things out here. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, thank thank all of you for tuning in these past two years. We've had a ton of fun along the way. Yeah. We started out at CBA, at Christian Brothers Academy, just doing it in the library and it wasn't live it was no. just recorded with, during our free period with, and yeah, yeah. not even with any edits made to it uh-huh. early on yeah. um and we came from that and you know made more segments we brought it here to boston college we've had incredible guests and incredible opportunities along the way we went out to espn mm. we've had the coordinating producer of college game day we've had bob ryan uh from the boston globe we've We've done so much in this time, and honestly, we want to thank all of you who've been with us along for the ride, and there's so much more coming. I promise there's so much more. We have so much more fun, so much more guests, even this year alone, that we're going to try and uh, get into the family, the Senior Quotes family, and and we appreciate all of you for being a part of that family, too. I mean, no doubt, shout out to... Butterfield and Quinn Kuhn, mm. and I can't remember was was Quinn the first guest or was it Butterfield? I think it was Quinn. We always it, we really, always check. I think it I is do Quinn. Think it was Quinn as well. Uh, regardless, those two I both see as our first guest, and it was awesome having them on back there, and they've stuck with the show since. Uh, special shout out, of course, to Tony Reale, the one who mm. welcomed us to ESPN and led us toward the studio, the one who phoned in on an awesome, you know. I don't even know, breathtaking episode. It was yeah, probably, our, probably best our best one ever. You know, some I think great the, I think the Drew Gallagher's up there, too. Oh, that was um, so much fun. We've had Drew Gallagher, Bob Ryan, like you said. <laughs> I've um, been ripped by Bob Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I loved every second of that. That was awesome. Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica, uh, who we became friends with on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. We didn't, so. we didn't know how that was at first, but yeah. we got Mike Lupica on. That was a childhood dream come true. Yeah. Um, Special shout out to Mr. Noonan, who Mr. of course Noonan. stuck with us, Mr. Matson, who ran the scholars program, and they both made some great connections uh, for us. Coach, Coach Vito. Coach Vito for coming on, Coach Pizzazz for coming yeah. on, doing his thing. Mr. Lutz. Sean Belby. Yeah, Sean Belby. Mr. Lutz. Yeah. Um, well, I, I really. Chris Heron came of on. Of course. Yeah. Jewel Strawberry. So much fun. I'm trying to think of other guests that we've had. I don't want to miss anyone. Uh, I mean. We have to give a shout out, I think, to uh, Crunch Time Sports. Shout out Crunch Time Sports. Literally, what got us started. Got us going. They're on their own journey too. I hope they do well. Cassie will find something good out here. He he grinds. Um, But yeah, all in all, probably it. Oh, got to shout out our in-house. Oh yes, March Madness bracket expert Colin Quinn. There it is. We'll be be seeing this weekend. Yes, at Notre Dame. We're doing the Notre Dame Notre Notre Dame Dame game game (laughs) this weekend versus BC. Tune into that. Tune into that, and I will also be doing if this is up by then the basketball game tomorrow here at BC. A lot of stuff going on. Thank you so much for keeping up with us. Yeah. We love you guys so, 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 so much. And here's to the next two or four or whatever, 20. Two, four, six, eight. However long this keeps rolling. We, so We appreciate, we yeah. appreciate you Senior guys. <laughs> yes. Thank um, you guys so much. So thank you. Keep supporting the show. Hopefully you really enjoyed this episode. Back to our roots. And we'll have so much more coming at you very soon. Yep. Love you guys. Love you guys. I had to get my numbers up. Now I got it like they gave it to me But I took it, they ain't give it to me She really do, she really do it to me God knew it for me yeah. It really fit, it's a shoe in for me